Hey, Shredders. Welcome to Shred Podcast episode 21. Wow, we're getting up there. Uh, Today's Shred Podcast, we're going to talk about this year's 2019 CrossFit Games. I actually have a little roundtable of guests with me today, so I'm going to have them introduce themselves and tell you who their favorite male and female CrossFitter is of all time. Um, Hello, this is Andrea. Um, My favorite female CrossFit athlete is Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and my favorite male CrossFit athlete is Pat Vellner. That's a good pick. (laughs) This is Coach Amy here. I'm going to tell you that my all-time favorite is Julie Fouché, but she's no longer in the competition, so I'm going to change my pick to Jamie Green and to Con Porter. Shocking. Shocking. (laughs) Charlie here again. Um, My favorite male is probably Josh Bridges. Um, Favorite female, I like Tia. She's Australian. Yes. Uh Is you do like Josh because he's the same height as you? Correct. Okay, cool. (laughs) Just checking. All right, this is is Coach Scott with you, the host, and my favorites are... Uh, all-time is Stacey Tovar. Um, active is Annie Thor's daughter. Since Amy did that, I'm going to do it too. And my favorite male of all time is the goat, Rich Froney. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey. Yeah. All right, so, um, so we are a bunch of CrossFit nerds that like to hang out and watch the CrossFit games. And so we want to give you our impressions. But the first thing we want to do is talk about who the winners were this year and who was on the podium. So we're going to start with the teams, and shocking, the same team from last year that won, won it again this year, and that was CrossFit Mayhem Independence. Uh, I would say pretty much dominated from the get-go. They took the lead on the first event and never gave it up through the competition. Washed up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Washed up. Um, The second place finisher was CrossFit Krypton. That was the Alex Smith Jessica Griffith, Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet, and Kyle Mooney. Cody Mooney. And then the third place team was Invictus. That is the Lauren Fisher, Rasmus Anderson team. Um, and I don't even remember who was also on that team. But anyway, uh, that, that was your podium finishers. Um, not really any surprises there. Any thoughts on the team competition from this year? Not really. I thought it was pretty impressive just to see all of the um, athletes who used to be, you know, individual um, competing athletes like Camille, uh, Jessica Griffith, um, you know, now competing on a team. So kind of seeing those power teams compete where it's, it's pretty, pretty cool, I thought. I think um, it's probably because of the programming, but I think it really showed that you have to be a team. You can't just be great individual individuals. You have to still be a team, which is why Mayhem does so well at these. Because, you know, for example, with that worm, it's it's so smooth, it's so technique driven. It's done, and not even worried about it. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. What impressed me with Mayhem was the rope climbs. Every other team, they all individually climbed to the top and waited for the others to get there. Mayhem got to the top at the same time. Like they all know each other's pace and just kept that throughout the competition. Yep. Anything? Um, I would agree with the um, the workouts that, or like the um, synchro toaster bar. Like you have to practice that stuff. 
and the worm and all the synchro stuff is impressive. And I think that's just a testament to that team because they practically all live together. I mean, they consider themselves family. And I think when you know people that well, that it's just naturally going to, you know, find that group to, to do so well. Yeah. And I do, and I do think hats off to Krypton. Um, yeah. They did win some events. They did practice a lot more than some of the other teams do. did if you follow social media. Um, and I think if they chose to stay together as a team, they could, they could be a force in the future. Um, Questions going to be who's going to replace Dre? Yeah, Dre Strom is not going to come back for CrossFit Mayhem. So who's coming in? That's that's one of the big questions out there. So that'll be fun to watch over the next yeah. year. Uh, so then let's move to the women. That was another dominant performance. Uh, Tia Claire Toomey won again, third straight, uh, fittest on earth. Um, in second place was a little bit of a surprise, underrated Kristen Holty. Uh, and then third place was Amy's favorite, Jamie Green. What, what? Uh, so any thoughts on the female competition? Uh, for me, Tia's just, I mean, she's all, the, all around put together. She can do it all. She's strong. She's fit. She's, I mean, there's, it's going to be a, a lot of, she's got the head for it. It'll be a long time, I think, for somebody to catch this. One of the things I felt a little bit bad for with Tia this year was, you know, I know we'll get to this next, but there was so much talk about the men's leaderboards that I feel like Tia kind of got left out with how much she dominated the, the female competition. She was just absolutely fantastic. When it was, it was the biggest, large, or the biggest margin of victory ever by a woman at the CrossFit Games, uh, which is kudos to her. Um, the other thing that shocked me about Tia is she was the second youngest woman in the top 10. Wow, other, than Hale, other than <laughs> Haley Adams, wow. she was the next youngest competitor in the top 10. That's scary. That's yeah. real scary. <laughs> yeah. She's just getting started. Yeah. yeah. She's 24. Wow. Um, and so she's got a long career ahead of her. Any other thoughts, Andrea? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Tia did great, but it was the rest of the women's leaderboard that was not as expected. So I think, and I think we'll talk about this, but it was the the cuts and the scoring that shook up the leaderboard a little bit. Yeah. Correction, she's 26. 26. I was going by morning chalk up, so blame them. Yeah. <laughs> Quick Google search. All right, so let's finish off with the closest competition of the weekend. And that was the men. Um, but yet again, Matt Frazier uh, ends up being the fourth consecutive fittest man on earth. Uh, at, at, the low, at the smallest margin he's ever won by, that was 35 points. Um, clo followed closely by Noah Olson, who had the lead for a lot of the weekend. Um, and then Bjergen Carl Goodmanson. <laughs> Uh, finishing yeah. third, or as Andrea said, BKG. Uh, opening up for, th let's start with Andrea this time. Thoughts on the men's competition? It was a little bit shocking to see such a close margin between one and two. And Matt Fraser not having the leader's jersey for most of, what was it, the third day? Um, the rest of the leaderboard, I think BKG's been up there before. Um, so... No Olsen's first time in the top three, I think. Yep. So, kudos to them. 
So I have to say, though, as much as I personally dislike athlete Noah Olson, he held his own on that. Watching him, you know, with Mary, that workout, I mean, he really, he was strong throughout the whole competition. Um, and I think it's it's important to note, though, that Matt Fraser had that penalty, which, you know, kind of cost him a lot of points after that ruck run. There, If you look at the social media, you see him, on, you know, as, as he's coming in on the last run, that uh, part of the weight fell out of his um, bag, and he was penalized by that and dropped, I don't know how many positions, but certainly lost some points on that. Yeah, I think he went from fourth, fourth or fourth, fourth to 17th mm-hmm. in that event. Um, but at that point, it was early in the competition, so the point gap wasn't huge. Um, but he, yeah, I think it. I think it also showed who's there to try and win the games and who's happy to be in the position that they're in. Um, and I know it's a Noah style to kind of be happy and whatever you want to call it. But I think when it came down to it's time to get after it, you saw Matt turn on. Turn to a different level, and it's just kind of still like, hey, everybody, I'm here, look at me, I got a white shirt on. Yeah, I think it, what, what Andrew said, it was weird seeing Matt not in the white jersey, um, but it was really weird seeing him in a green jersey. Yeah. Or a, you know, yeah, it just weird. was really odd because for years he's been wearing white the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, and so that was really crazy. Uh, so now that we've gone through the podiums, we're going to talk about the games overall. So just overarching 10,000-foot uh, level impressions of this year's games. Um, it was definitely way different than years past. I know they've done the cuts maybe in 2008 or something like that. Um, but with the cuts and the scoring system, the ability to shake up that leaderboard changed a lot and varied from event to event, um, which was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the, I like the workouts. I think it was, it was really got back to CrossFit, what CrossFit is. I think a lot of it, um, you know, as I said, in the last year, pay attention to CrossFit.com because you're probably going to see a lot of it. I think we saw a lot of it. Um, some of the new movements, or I'm sure we're going to be testing here at, at, at some point. Um, so I, I like those, but I think it's, um, in terms of the cut of now, there's some, some changes that can be there, but it, it did make it a little more exciting. Than yeah, I would definitely say that it added to that element of um, exciting. You were kind of just you know, tuned in, trying to watch it to see, oh my gosh, who's going to make it through this cut? Um, which I think also, you know, made that also just emotionally a little bit harder when, when you see some of your favorites that don't make it through to the cut. But I definitely loved that it went back to the classic CrossFit and more to the um, you know, metabolic conditioning and the gymnastics movements and not always focused on, on the heavy barbell, which, you know, usually is the popular thing people want to watch is that heavy barbell, but really back to classic CrossFit. Yeah, I, um, I actually thought for the most part, and we'll get into this when we get into some of the other subjects, I thought it was the most exciting CrossFit games I'd ever watched because you're so emotionally invested and in who's going to still be there. Um, and you're just, you're stunned or excited on who made the cuts. And so, um, for the most part, and I'll explain the most part of that later as we get into this, but um, I thought it was the most exciting CrossFit Games we've had so far. Um, and I think what it what it leads us to is that CrossFit is willing to change to make things better. 
And hopefully that means that they keep tweaking and, and progressing as we move forward. So we're going to talk about a couple of specific subjects. Uh, so this was the first year that, that CrossFit did not contract someone in to broadcast the games. They did a world feed that they let other people come in and use and voice over that um, to use as a broadcast. And the most popular ones in the United States were the Rogue Feed um, and the Morning Chalk Up, which used the same feed. They just had different um, announcers over top of that. But it did allow for many countries to get involved with many languages. So any thoughts about what you thought about the feed? I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, I think it was it was good to hear the familiar voice of Sean and Tommy and you know, all those guys being able to do it again. Um, but also get another perspective. You did watch Chalk Up or watch another one to see just CrossFit and what's happening from a different set of eyes than the normal guys who are just calling what they're seeing out there. Um, so I think that was that was good. I loved that it was was Rogue and just being the hometown heroes here, like that's pretty awesome that you know, Rogue not only are they providing almost all the equipment for um, the games, but also, you know, getting out there um, in the world with their feed. So I think I think from a viewing standpoint, for the most part, the picture was great. Um, the it, the quality was good. Um, I I loved hearing Sean. You know what I loved? A couple things were that one, he's not an employee of CrossFit anymore, so he can give his opinion. Is free to give his opinion um, more about what's going on with the games than if you're an employee of CrossFit. Uh, so I think it lends to that, which is cool. Um, my, the one drawback I think it had is that because the announcers aren't in touch with the directors of the video footage, um, they got lost a couple times as to who may be in the lead or is this person catching because yeah. they can't see the field. Right. Yeah. All they could and see was what was being broadcast. Like, I think that that's Sarah. But... Yeah, I did notice that too. Definitely <laughs> yeah. on the swim. You're like, right. I yeah. think that's that person in front, but I'm not really sure. We'll try to get that for so, you. So I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if they can get a spotter out on the field to like talk to them uh, just to give them some, some feedback. Uh, I don't know if that would work, but I've, I noticed that a few times where, you know, I wanted to see another competitor and, and the camera wouldn't move or they're talking about another competitor and the camera's on somebody else. So, but other than that, I think, you know, 90% was pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, so I like that. And I would say that was one of the frustrating things just thinking about like, um, Rory, who was doing Noble, which and of course he works for Noble, but he's only focusing on the Noble athletes, which for me, you know, was great to watch. But then there was athletes I was missing on, on that feed, so I understand it, but was just a little disappointed. So, so let's move to programming. Uh, it was brought up a little bit, and just one of the highlights um, that we got back to classic CrossFit in the programming. Yep. Uh, thoughts about that? I liked it. I liked it. I'm glad that it was, yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll <laughs> put something in there. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I did like it. I thought yeah. that the beginning was really exciting. Um, I am I am a big guy. I do like strength events. Not having that early was a little bit of a bummer for me. Um, it didn't have to be like a one rep max of something, but like the speed ladders they've done or something like Something to add a little more um, juice to the beginning would have been kind of cool. Um, the other thing I will say is that I really, and, and I'm kind of 
plagiarizing this from another blogger, but uh, I thought when they got to the top 10, they would have the freedom to do some more events because you have a smaller field. You could get a little more creative. And it really was kind of vanilla when we got to the top 10. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cool that they did Grace and Isabel and 30 Muscles for Time because most of us have either done the, the two lifting parts of the workout or strive to be able to do muscle-ups. That, that was kind of cool. But the toes through rings and the bike just seemed to have, lack a little punch for me for a top 10 event. Unless you're James Newberry. Yeah. <laughs> True. After Get after it on that first one. He might be my favorite now because you just go all out right out the gate. Kill yourself for the rest of the day. Yeah, then if you notice the next workout, he came in last. Correct. Yeah, that's usually how it went. Yeah. Yes. So. so overall, I did like the programming, um, just like you guys did. I just I think that when you get down to 10 athletes, you should be able to be more creative because you, you don't have to get through as many heats of people sure. or reset equipment or things like that. So. And I can definitely hear that point, but I just go back to, you know, and I'm not everyone – um, may be aware of this part, but just because it's part of the level one and the level two, but the whole hierarchy of CrossFit, it followed the hierarchy of CrossFit, you know, and that's getting back to that, those roots and following CrossFit.com. That's what I liked about it. So, And I, and I agree. Mary yeah. was a great event. I loved Mary. I liked the 30, 30, 30. Um, I liked that. It was just that, I think the toast through rings and, which is a very simple, simplistic version of toast to bar. Um, and the bike just didn't seem to have enough guts for me for top 10. Well, I mean, you can say that, but then you also have to look at how that grip was very challenging for some people. As we saw Carrie Pierce fall on that toes through ring. Right? And this is this is a super elite athlete. So. Yeah. All right. So, well, I guess we'll agree to disagree on that. <laughs> um, and we'll just move on to the cuts. Oh, so this is really the first year that there has been incremental cuts at the games. They've done a cut before in the games, but never like incrementally through the whole thing. Thoughts on the cuts? I think it, I mean, it's, it makes sense with how many athletes were there. Um, I think after one event is a little soon, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit lame for that, especially for those athletes to, you know, make this trip and only be right. able to perform one wad and then, you know, half the field's cut. Uh, I think from the other side, I think it should stay at 20 instead of 10. Uh, because I think it's sometimes when it's, for example, on the women's side, it would have been fun to see people jockey to get into the top 10 from 13 to 14 because you already knew it was going to happen at the top. I mean, no one's catching. Yes, there was some podium play there with with Catherine, but um, you know, I think it's twenty would have been good for me. Yeah, I agree. I like. I think I also would have added a little bit more interesting the last few days. Yeah, to see those twenty. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. I think that we lost the middle finishers that could really shake up the leaderboard um, because you only had ten people and. And there was a clear cut difference between the top five and the bottom five. Yeah. Um, where if you still had Annie and Sarah, they could win an event at any moment and really shake up sure. some things. Right. Um, so I do think they should have kept the 20 for a little bit longer. Uh, I didn't mind the first cut um, because there were people that were really struggling on that first event. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Um, yeah. 
But just so you know, they, they did make an announcement yesterday uh, that next year they are not going to do the first cut until three events are done. Um, so they are already tweaking for next year. Um, it's going to be three. It's going to be based on the 2008 CrossFit Games. Uh, and there's a documentary called Every Second Counts. And it is going to be three events that are timed. And they're going to add the three times together and the top, yeah. whatever, make it on. And those below that time will be cut. Um, but that's pretty exciting. If you've never seen that documentary, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's the year that Jason Kalipa and Carrie Motter, or I'm Katie. sorry, Katie Motter, now Katie Henniger, owner of Cohen of Rogue, uh, was the CrossFit Games champion. And, you know, that's one thing I really appreciate, though, too, about this year is that that CrossFit's being a risk taker and, and trying something totally different with this, but also being able to go back and be like, wait, that didn't work. Let's let's go back to the drawing board and make this more fair and, um, and see how we can tweak it to make it better. Well, and what they want to do, and if you didn't see the video, it was they're guaranteeing a day and a half of competition for everybody who flies to Madison. Um, so you're not there for one and done. It's going to be, you'll have a day and a half of competition before uh, the first cut. Uh, the other thing I want to say is um, about the cuts is there are a lot of contracts out there. These are now professional athletes. Mm -hmm. And if they make the top 10, they make more money. Yeah. And so there were a lot of people that sold out to get into that top 10 and then had nothing left when they got there. Um, and so I think that's, that's a problem that we need to figure out a tweak to when you're only doing six events, it doesn't test that. Can you endure over the course yeah. of the weekend? And so you had people that made the top 10 that just had nothing left, yeah. um, when they got there. And so I think that that's also, it's also kind of combined into that. Keep the 20 for a little bit longer because it'll test that endurance over the weekend a little bit more. So now that we've talked about that and some things that we didn't like, uh, what, what was something you would tweak? And you all have to say something. That's the biggest thing. I mean, yeah. Other than that, I think it was run pretty well. I think it was smooth in terms of the days and how it was. Didn't have that one. It was one day a year. It was like one day there was nothing. Last year, yeah. um, we got rid of that, which is good. We were always having that, so um, didn't really see any of the old, the older group. Oh, any of the masters? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, true. They they any did not the air. They did not air any of the age groups right. this year. Yeah, so some of those old guys like to see who would beat us badly. <laughs> Being a masters guy. myself, right? <laughs> that would be good to see. 40 plus club. 40 plus club. I'll throw something out there. Okay. You know, I miss the Saturday night CrossFit. Right? They, I know they can, they compacted the schedule to kind of make every it more, mm -hmm. but that Saturday night, yeah, like under the just light. hanging out yeah. with your your friends, yeah, you know, going to a watch party and watching the Saturday night CrossFit. It, they don't have to do it every night, but if they just did it like that one night yeah. and made it like a big event, and maybe that's when they cut from twenty to ten. And make a big spectacle of yeah. it, you know. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And of course, programming the top ten a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. What's something you would keep? I would keep it the first couple of days, classic CrossFit like that. Yeah, I keep the programming. Maybe throw one more heavy thing in. Um, 
just for the guys who are super strong like Banza and You know, just something that, that throws just another level of what we can do in CrossFit. And it's not just all gymnastics and cardio. I would agree with that. I mean, one of my favorite events to watch was the um, one right max clean. So something else like that earlier. So you can see more yeah. athletes compete in that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I, liked, I did like how they did that on the stage. Like yeah. they did how each yeah, individual athlete. And my goodness, watching Amanda Barnhart come out there and Almost muscle clean, two hundred ten pounds. Yeah, ridiculous. I know that that whole event was <laughs> probably my favorite to watch. Watching yeah. like Amanda and Tia battle it out at the end. Scott and Matt battle it out. Yeah, that was that sweet. Was, well, it's, it's great you said that because I actually was going to ask what your, what was your favorite moment of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, to watch for sure. I think that was the most probably exciting to watch. So I'll go different just just to just play to devil's play advocate. Yeah. And so mine was. At the end of the Isabel portion of the 30-30-30, and Matt Frazier walking off the muscle-ups after Noah had beat him on the muscle-ups, and just casually walking up and touching going five snatches yeah. mm-hmm. to not just get ahead of Noah, but to make a statement. For sure. <laughs> then step back, take off his shirt, and look at Noah like, you're done. Give me, yeah, my, yeah. give me my shirt. And then step forward and finish it out. Yep. That was that was pretty epic. It actually chills are going up and down my spine just thinking about that. Yeah. But um, that was a pretty epic moment for me. I love the clean. You know, I'm a guy who loves the lift. That yeah. was awesome. But just for something different, I really like that moment too. Yeah. Yeah. I like the um, and some of the team stuff too. Well, I like the sprint. I like the uh, oh. sprint event. Didn't know that Alec had that in him. Fastest kid alive. For real. The, uh, he really got after it. That was impressive. Because you were like, okay, Rich is going to... You, know, you think about Rich, he's not that fast. But as soon as he is in there, Alec was like shot by cannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing, uh, when Mayhem overtook Krypton on the snail, that yeah. was that was pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah. So there were a lot of like good moments this year. I thought... Um, and the camera work, really, for being a, a live world feed uh, that people just grab, they really did a great job with the visuals of that. Um, so those are uh, those are the questions I have for everyone. Um, are we excited for the nineteen twenty season? I mean, just yes. how many weeks left till we have the open? The open will be seven weeks away from the time we publish this po- yeah. podcast. Well, it's time to get get after it. Get ready. Uh, just to let everyone know, uh, the plan is to do the team competition here at Shred again this year. Uh, we've gotten a lot of great feedback with that. Um, yeah, we've got some ideas for some from some little tweaks to uh, make it a little bit more accessible to everybody to do. But I'm I'm super excited from a coaching standpoint to be able to do that. Do that again. Love the participation last year. I think everybody really enjoyed the the team aspect and getting to know more people in the gym uh, because there's people on your team that you're rooting for that may go to 6 a.m. and you are 6 p.m. So yeah. um, it really gives you the opportunity to meet everybody. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, thank you for listening today. And uh, it's going to be an exciting season next year. And hopefully periodically we'll step we'll stop back in. Uh, there's going to be 28 sanctionals going on next year uh, before the games to qualify people. Uh, so maybe we'll do some recaps of that uh, just to keep everybody up to date with what's going on in the professional CrossFit scene. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Andrea.
And uh, we'll see you next time on Shred Podcast Episode 22. Peace.